F1 Through the Years. I'm Tyler Lewis and I'm joined with my co-host Jack Connell. Hello everybody and welcome to our first podcast of F1 Through the Years. Happy to, happy to be here. Yep, very, very happy to have you along and hopefully you have a passion for F1 as much as we do. Um, obviously, it's back. It's brilliant. F1 is back. I'm landed. I finally have sport to watch. I'm not going insane. Um, and with F1 being back now, we need to talk about what happened on Friday and Saturday and obviously the race. So, Jack, do you want to get us started on uh, yeah. one and so, two? So, nothing really happened in FP1 and FP2. It was just everybody getting used to the track. But we also saw that Racing Point did carry over their pre-season form and we did see that they had good pace and also that the Mercedes was a good, as good as ever. People were struggling through turn one with the tailwind with Verstappen, Albon and Latifi all spinning. And I think a few more might have. And people running right up to turn three turn three or turn four, whichever one you would like to use. Um, obviously, it was F, uh, FE1 and 2 was people getting back into racing form, really, wasn't it? It was an hour or something of just people flat out going on the track. Now, let's move on to FP3. FP3 did have a bit, a bit more of an importance. Yes, a bit, a slightly more importance because obviously we're talking about people going off turn one. Latifi. Yep, Latifi crashed and broke his front wing. Obviously, with, a, with those tailwinds I mentioned into turn one. Yeah, and uh, with that first red card of 2020. Red flag. So yeah, that's that's quite big. Um, I think obviously there's been big driver moves uh, with regarding Ricardo Sainz and Sebastian Vettel. All three of those now have got to prove themselves this season. Yeah, most definitely because Sainz, as we know, has never really been in the top three teams, and he's only got one point to his name in Brazil last season. Yeah. Uh... And obviously, uh, with signs going to Ferrari, Vettel leaving the sport. Well, we don't know if he's leaving the sport yet. But he he doesn't have a drive for 2021. And Daniel Ricciardo leaving Renault to go to McLaren. So this could spring up two little, nice little team rivalries. Yeah, could do. Because obviously now Ferrari have got have got a very young driver lineup going into twenty twenty one, which could prove to be maybe could go against them because Science has has not won a F one Grand Prix. Well, Charles could have taken top a good few poles last season Success. and has won a few races as well. It, that battle is going to be close. Um, on the regard, um, I think let's talk about the pink Mercedes, should we? Yeah, 
pink Mercedes as his dad is practically racing points car, which is practically the same as Mercedes W10 title winning car last season. Racing points car for this year is the living embodiment, literally the living embodiment of Mercedes car last year. Yeah. Um. I mean, I, I don't know about you, Jack, but I personally want a slightly closer championship fight because it's nice having some races where it's really close fighting, but it, it but with the Mercedes dominance now, it's getting a little bit boring. Like, I'm like I'm still interested in the sport, but I'm losing a little bit because it is just Mercedes powerhousing. They yeah. Always... And with now Racing Point having practically last year's Mercedes, it is bringing the grid a bit closer. And with PCAF, mm. which is coming in, I think, is either next season or the season after that, which will bring the field even closer. And with Racing Point, you've got to remember they're turning into Aston Martin in a few years, which means that they can spend their money on next year's new spec car, the new spec car, the new regulations coming out in the new, in the new few years. Mm. So with the, them practically copying Mercedes car from last year, they don't have to spend as much resources on that and they can spend resources on their car. For any regulations, yeah. Um, I think going back to the Latifi, uh, first corner crash, many drivers have been caught out there. Many, many drivers, yeah. As there's, like I said, there's tailwinds going into the corner, and winds don't really put very well with the lightweight at one thousand. No, um. Yeah, I think we've pretty much covered, well, Red Bull not as strong as we thought they were at Austin. No, but as we know, Red Bull do have good race pace around Austria rather than their quality pace because they've never taken a toll, but they have won races at Austria. Mm. I think that pretty much covers FFP3, to be honest with you. Nothing much yeah. other than what we've covered. Now on to qualifying and more specifically Q1. Now then, that was quite tasty. Yes. Latifi, as we probably would have with the slopes found the grid and the next driver, came in last in 20th. But both Alfa Romeos are not performing as we thought they would. In Raikkonen, no. With a massive P- P19, which is way underachieving than I thought they would, and even at the, in P18, both qualifying lower than the lead Williams of George Russell, who was only a few, not even tenths of Magnussen and, Bru- and whoever was P15 in that session over them, so Russell nearly got out of Q1. Yeah, on the subject of George Russell, he missed out on Q2 by seven hundredths of a second. That just shows how close this can be. Yes, and also it shows that Williams are a lot closer to the rest of the field than they were last season, which is very good. Not only for them, so Williams can stay afloat, 
and also for them for the grid coming even closer and closer because yeah. if you compare the gaps between the qualifying from last to first in Q1 to let's say Q1 in Austria last year, I'm pretty sure it was closer this year than it was last year, which is obviously very good for a closer championship point. Yeah. Um, I think moving on to Q2 now, it was just Ferrari nightmares, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, obviously, we had the usual suspects who would have thought would have just not made Q3 with Roman Grosjean, Esteban Ocon, and the two Alpha Tauris, yeah. Pierre Gasly and Dennis Kvyat. Um, but also, Vettel was a big surprise. We already knew Ferrari weren't on the pace as they were last season. But it just seemed like Vettel just couldn't get used to yeah. the car and could, just couldn't get the maximum out of it. It's, it's, it's mad, isn't it? Because he's he's such a, a highly thought of driver and the Ferrari car can be very, very fast. But the fact that he's not getting out of Q2 does raise the question, is Ferrari stiffening him because, he, because he's not going to drive next year? Yeah, but what you've got to think about is that Ferrari, we know that they're going to struggle and their engine just doesn't seem as good as it was last year. No. Well, obviously, though, you've got um, the new the two racing points, which we've already discussed, coming well up the grid, which mm. is also a big surprise because they practically copied the Mercedes, as we've already discussed. So maybe if Racing Point hadn't copied pink Mercedes, well, Mercedes' car last year, yeah. then maybe a normal Racing Point would say like last year that he would have got it. It just shows how close the grid is becoming compared yeah. to last year. And so obviously with the coronavirus um, pandemic at the minute, uh, obviously there was going to be big changes in 2021. However, now... Um, the FAA have pushed that back to 2022, so we'll see big changes in two years' time, not in a year's time where we thought where we thought. Them. Well, what you gotta think about still is that we got this new generation coming through. We got Leclerc, Albon, Verstappen, um, Russell. And all of these new drivers coming through for the second generation. Yeah. So really looking up to be the next decade is looking to be the most competitive in F one history. Yeah. Um, I think less for for Q three. It was it was very close with Valtteri Bottas getting his third pole of of his career and setting. The new track re- record with a one minute two. One minute two was just practically unheard of around Spielberg in Austria. Mm-hmm. So you got to think about it though. Maybe I've just thought of this myself. Obviously, I'm a Hamilton fan and I'm not accusing Bottas about this, but he did go off on his last flying lap in Q3, yeah. bringing the yellow flags. Maybe. 
you might have just run right a bit strategically, like Rockstar did in Monaco, I think, in 2014. I, I, I think looking back on the replay, is the car wouldn't turn enough. Um, yeah. On the subject of it, on both Mercedes setting one minute twos, obviously Bottas getting the quicker time with a one minute 2.9. Yeah, but it was less than a tenth. It was like zero point zero something between both the Mercedes, which is yeah. shows you how close they are on pace as well. Hamilton and Bottas. Yeah, because Bottas is no is no means slow compared to Hamilton. Shows yeah. you that he can is not Hamilton is way better than his teammate. Bottas can still beat Hamilton on his day. Yeah. So, obviously, the top 10 was Bottas, Hamilton, Verstappen, Landon Norris. We'll get on to him in a minute. Alex Albon, Sergio Perez, Charles Leclerc, Lance Stroll, and Daniel Ricciardo. Um, obviously, we were talking about the, the both racing points having a really fast car. Well, they're in, they're in the top 10. Yeah. Can they... Time, I think, Stroll, they were saying, Stroll, I got out of Q3. Got into Q3 in a tractor which wasn't Monza. Yeah, all all of his things previously were in Monza. But we've also got to look at McLaren, who still seem to have carried their form from last season into this season. We've also both drivers in Q3. Mm. And Landon Norris, the highest midfield, the highest person to qualify in the midfield. Qualifying in fourth above Albon yeah. in the Red Bull, above Leclerc in his Ferrari, but we know Ferrari have an issue. He's qualified both racing points, which are looking mighty fast around Um, But as we saw last year, Mercedes don't particularly do well at race pace, and yeah. maybe that's the downfall with copying. Mercedes twenty with twenty eighteen design is it going to be the downfall and they're not going to score, they're not going to get on the podium which I think that 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 was the plan wasn't it, but Lando Norris he he drove a superb lap, yeah absolutely brilliant in that McLaren and I think you've really just got to be careful for those Red Bulls McLarens and the Ferraris as well coming through in the race yeah. Big time, big, big time. And also, you got to remember that Ted Kravitz from F- Sky Sports F1 was saying that Bottas had a, tri- a hydraulic leak just mm. before the start of Q1. So that doesn't really seem to da- damage him mentally at all. Like maybe Latifi's crash could have demot- demotivated him. Yeah. yeah and he finished last. He qualified last. Um, I think that pretty much sums up Friday and Saturday, and yeah, well, we'll see. We'll we'll see what happens. See what happens in the race. Um, now obviously, um, the the podcast is called F One Through the Years. We're talking about the present, not going back. So let's go back in time. Um. I think on my one of my lists is fantastic overtakes. If we're talking about fantastic double overtakes, 
Mika Hakkinen. It was him and Michael Schumacher and a backmarker um, down the Camel Street in Belgium at Spa. And he took them both down the inside going into the chicane at the end. Yeah, like... That's a phenomenal move because Michael, Schu- Michael Schumacher was taking a move around the outside, not the inside. Yeah, exactly. And also, you've got a really, I'm pretty sure, both Alonso and Raikkonen have both made moves to the inside mm. of Orange and on the outside of Radion on the bend and then coming back inside, which is obviously you've got to have big balls to do that. Mm. But again, both really, really. Good drivers. Um, let's look at some good moments and bad moments from last season. Do you want to start on a low and then work up to a high? Do you want to? I, I said one of the lowest moments of last season was how much, how much F one fans went at each other from the Vettel Hamilton incident from Canada last year. It was not very nice at all to see. F1 fans attacking each other just because of their opinion on one incident, which I wouldn't say was a small incident because Hamilton, if it hadn't been given Vettel, would have won the race. It it was a big incident to determine who won the race, but it was a, a very low point because yeah. of ev- all the F1 fans just attacking, attacking each other for their opinions and also attacking the FIA. Yes, yes, they didn't do the best of jobs. They could have really analysed it and maybe left it to the end of the race. They could have a chat maybe with the drivers to find out and with the teams to see their point of view. Now, that was definitely one of the major low points of the year. I mean, yes, people support different teams and different drivers and everyone is entitled to freedom of speech. But when you're throwing fists and foots at one another because your driver didn't get this result and your driver didn't get this, it's ridiculous. And I, I will agree the FAA maybe could have done a little bit more. Maybe I'm being a little bit too biased. You may say that. There's also, if if they had gone and left it after the race, then they probably would come under fire again because they wanted to find, the fans would have wanted to find out who was the race winner when they crossed the line and not a few hours after the race once the FIA makes their decision. I think it is one of the hardest jobs in F1, minus the drivers, of course. But I'd say it, it is one of the, one of the hardest jobs. Obviously, F1 is one of the hardest sports in the world to to do, but they wouldn't, if you get it right or wrong, be come under fire. Mm. About uh, that, that's more, more the sport for you. That is, yeah. Now, let's talk about one of the high points, and let's not, let's not dwell on the bad points. One of the high points for you, Jack. Well, Obviously, I reckon one of the high parts was the start of the European season last year because we had some superb races at Austria, at Silverstone, and we had some good races in that portion of the season Mm. where previously, at the start of the season in, let's say, China, it was quite boring, really. There wasn't much action on track. It was just Mercedes 
just running away with it as usual. I think for me, it was that phenomenal Vettel drive at Hockenheim. Yeah, Jim Hockenheim was one of the most. I I wouldn't say it's as good as maybe Canada twenty eleven, but it was in it was... the last few years one of the best races because there was just he didn't know who would win the race and he didn't know who would come second or who would come third because practically everybody at the moment the staff and spun. Of course, um, Leclerc crashed. There's a lot of people crashing at the oh, exit. Hamilton. Um, There's people obviously losing it in the penultimate corner, going straight on onto like that drag strip, which became a nice ring. But there's even more positive to come out of that race, as Williams scored their first point. I know. I know. <laughs> first point. As they and I think Williams has just got the relish as much as possible because they just they had such a low season. So to get the point for them after being so 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 far back, yeah. For all, for, unlike now where they are actually do have some good pace, is also they're not as far behind from the midfield, but they were well well far behind. But also. Yeah. Good point, maybe, was that George Russell, Russell lapped around Hungary, which he came 16, just missing out in Q2. But that was phenomenal. Man to get that Williams into P, into 16 from the grid with a phenomenal. Um, yeah, I think that, that pretty much sums up the list. There's one more thing that I think me and Jack would both like to talk about, and most of you probably wouldn't have heard of it, but it's this thing called F1 in schools. Jack, do you want to yeah. talk a bit more about it? So, me and Tyler, along with a few mates of school, are in the STEM group, which does F1 in schools. So where you have to like make a miniature F1 car and develop it and try and race against others, which is really good for STEM. Like It's a STEM activity, which is... I can't remember it all, but Science. technology, yeah. engineering, maps are the end of the end of it. So it's all to do with your maps, engineering skills, and technology, which is really, really interested. Mm. Interesting. So, if if you want to get involved with that, I would say maybe go to a science teacher or a STEM yeah. teacher in your school, maybe to see if you could enter a team. Yeah, because we because we entered our first our first competition uh, last year towards the end of well, last year. end of we started developing a car end of last year, but we compete, but we had our first tournament um in in um Cardiff. Yeah. Um, in February. It was. We ended up. Where did where did we end up? I think we ended up seventh. I think yeah. in our class. I think because because we because we were put on a leaderboard with the people who had done it like May. Yeah, with all the other classes. So I think we might have been like seventh overall because there were a good few teams, but we weren't the fastest in our class, which no. is unfortunate. But we're going to move up a class now to. So this year, obviously with COVID nineteen, we've been delayed with that. Yeah. But hopefully, we can give it a much better shot now this year. 
Yeah. Because we got a lot more time because now we started really thinking about our car design from when we finished in February, but we only started developing our car back in October last year. So it it was a little bit rushed, but I think we can take that and maybe put... The, the development in early. I mean, our car was fast anyway. It was really good. But I think yeah. one or two aerodynamical things, it possibly didn't help that our front mm. nice to be glued back on. And also, we had to have blue tack added to our car because we were under the minimum weight. Yeah. In a bid to try and make the car as light as possible. But obviously, we made it a bit too light for the regulations. Yeah, um, I think that covered everything now. Um, we'll see what happens in the race tomorrow. Yep. Hello and welcome back to the second part of the first episode of uh, F1 through the year. I'm Tyler. I'm joined with Jack. Uh, Hello. So- in this part of the episode, we will be dissecting the first race of the 2020 season. And I think me and Jack can both agree on this one. Possibly the best race we've seen in a very, very long time. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say it was, it was as one of the best races we've ever seen. But it was, it was definitely there. one of the best races is up there with let's say Germany or Brazil last year as one of the best best races we have seen in a while. Yeah, it it it's it, it had a little bit of them. It had it had drama, controversy, retirements, safety cars. So it had, adds yeah, it did have a lot. Um so with, uh, we run down the top ten. So you had Valtteri Bottas winning. You had Charles Leclerc in the Ferrari, which has been phenomenally slow. I I don't know where that I don't know where the from there. That was no, just took just took all the penalties and all the DNFs and just slowly but surely moved. Yeah, um, and in third you had Lando Norris. Then you had Lewis Hamilton. We'll get onto that. Then you had Carlos Sainz, Sergio Perez, Pierre Gasly, Esteban Ocon, Antonio Giovinazzi, and Sebastian Vettel rounds off the top ten. And don't forget, there was only one finisher who didn't get points. That is Nicholas Latifi. But on his F1 debut, and for Williams. In a Williams car, that is and very for Williams good. as well. That is a, a stonking race for them. That is a phenomenal race, right? Yeah, after I was look at Germany last year as well, but wasn't as good because Kvitsa got a yes, point. Yes, but but on very strong start. Williams. So let's talk. And I think we just start just before the race, where there was Red Bull doing Red Bull yeah. stuff, appealing. Appealing Hamilton's decision not to have a grid penalty from Kibri, and then they decided, ah, oh, well, let's give him a penalty because we're the FIA and no. 
we can't make any decisions. So I was listening to a Christian Horner interview, and basically he was saying that that new footage came out um, on the um, on uh, on sun uh, this morning, Sunday morning, and basically the FAA hadn't seen it, and so took it, mm. and then obviously that resulted in the penalty, the fight, the three three. I yeah, think it was, yeah, it was a penalty because it was second and he started. Yeah, so, um, so the starting grid, um, it was so this is it was the same as qualifying, just just Norris moved up to P3, yeah, and, and then whoever who was fourth, um, Albon moved up yeah. to fourth, okay. Um, there was yeah. Okay, so let's start with Valtteri Bottas. Control the race. Oh, he just controlled the race phenomenal after coming under pressure from phenomenal Hamilton drive. towards the end. Absolutely phenomenal drive. Charles de Clare. This is a bit of a Charles weird one. Charles de Clare. He's done a science, really, didn't he? From last season, just slowly moving yeah. up positions. If anybody notices, yeah, because like because I'm getting a good result. I was watching. I was watching the race, and they barely touched on Charles Leclerc, and then all of a sudden they cut to him doing a wonderful move down down the inside of turn three, and then it's just like, oh, hang on, Ferrari might actually get on uh on the podium, and then obviously with the Hamilton penalty, yeah. he he finished second, which. We never thought, but then all of a sudden, I think Ferrari just flipped the switch and went, turn that up to 11, let's go, boys. And then we just had a few DNFs, a few. There was, what, three engine fail, well, three engine problems. The staff, the staff, um, very unlucky for him because he's won the last two races around Austria. And also we had um, Stroll with an engine issue in the really quick racing point. And also Daniel Ricciardo, which is not a very good start to his last season no. in but And then Magnussen's brakes failed just after Ocon overtook him on the straight, which meant that the safety car came out. For the first time. Yeah, but I think I think regarding that Dan Ricardo, maybe there's a little conspiracy theory, you know, Renault he's leaving and maybe they're trying to screw him over a little bit, but that that's that's just my theory. Yeah, I I don't reckon so because why would they really favour Ocon? Because he could easily still go to Mercedes, say now when Hamilton retires and then they can have Ocon. And Russell at yeah, the CD. That, so. That'll be a hell of a lineup. Um obviously Yeah. Um, um it is brilliant to have Esteban off. Then you back. had Roman Grosjean and George Russell. I th- uh Grosjean having a break failure failure again. Haas having even more woes in their ability. Engine. Not very good for Williams because one of their engines blew up and they lost the front wing with the Tiffy's crash in FP3 yesterday. Timmy Raikkonen. His front tyre physically came off the car. Probably because maybe they didn't put it on properly during 
the pit stop in this this was the second one safety of the, car. One of the three safety cars. Actually, something we've missed out here, but I think it was after the first safety car, it might have been the second, but Vettel losing mm. it, locking up, yeah. spinning into the corner, and then hitting Sainz and making him go yeah. around in Sebastian Vettel style. I... Can't be saying stuff like that. No. He definitely had an incident. Oh no, 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 yeah. Because he was always and spinning into the corner. He, I don't know what he was doing, trying to go up the inside there, because he was he was either going to cut the corner or actually what happened to him, which he he got spun round and then plumped to last. Um, yeah, Alec, but he did do very well to recover back into a yeah. point for a punt. Alex. But just for Ferrari still gained one point. Let's move on to Alex Albon. Hamilton, it's it's deja vu. It's deja vu. It is deja vu, but but I might be a bit biased here because I'm a Hamilton fan. But I know Albon was ahead. But I still think it was a racing no. incident. I can see why you might not think it, it was, but I reckon in Brazil in 2019, it was a much worse incident than the one we had today. Because with today, there was Alcon, no, no, not Alcon, Album was still, was partly ahead, had the front wing ahead. Unlike in, um, in, in Brazil, where Hamilton just came steaming out of nowhere and hit them, which was definitely a penalty, which nobody he, can deny. He he didn't leave enough room for him. Admittedly, yes, Hamilton is taking the race in line, but you have to be respectful of other drivers around you. So, I can, I can see why the penalty was given, but when we look at the results as a Hamilton fan, he's still can't... Unlike Brazil, where he's fought, he fell down a load of places. He's only fallen down to fourth two positions, which could have easily had happened if the staff and Zentra didn't go kaput and Albon and Hamilton didn't have their incident. He could have easily finished fourth mm. anyway. No. So, um, Hamilton fan is not that bad, to be honest. Danny Kvyat, his left tyre, his back left tyre is blue. It, it, blue, it just went yeah. Blue. The tyre really seem to be struggling a bit. Mm. Kimmy's one just rolled off and Kvyat's one just blew up. Well, there was like two laps on the end as well. Uh, he retired on the 76, uh, 67, even. Yeah, there were, well, four or five four laps. laps on the end. Four laps. Um, and also, don't forget that Perez was also given a five-second time penalty. Can't remember uh, where he finished that. It was speeding in the pit lane. Speeding in the pit lane. But it was a brilliant weekend for McLaren, who was actually keeping up with Racing Point. So I reckon maybe next season we could have a fight, a top five, because McLaren are obviously going to win Mercedes engine next season, which means that they could be really, really a difficult team to beat. Yeah. Um. On the subject of uh, Mercedes, Nicholas Latifi, what a debut. What a debut. Well, he he done a kibitzer from Germany, didn't he? Just picking up 
the ruins of everything. I mean, crash. Admittedly, it would have been nice if if he did get points, but I I said again with Kabita earlier onwards and upwards. This this is this must be positive for Williams. Because we want to see them up there. We want to see them fighting for points. Admittedly, not the championship yet, because they're no, not. but they could do what McLaren. Um, ideally, McLaren, you would say, are a bit of a bigger team than Williams. Mm. But if they get a good driver lineup behind them, like they do, two young drivers who we know have decent pace, they can really pull them up. Because McLaren... Look, 2016, 2017 had one of the worst cars on the Not grid. the worst car on the grid. It... Yeah, and they've pulled themselves up to now. Look at next season with a Mercedes engine to challenge mm. the top five. So there's no ruling out that, that Williams still could come back. Because I think these next few years are going to be important. For a real 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 title fight which we haven't had for a good two years as we discussed in the mm. first part when we which we recorded yesterday. Um obviously now we're moving on to the top ten. Um Sebastian Vettel. I mean he started eleventh and in if we're talking in position he's gained one position. But bear in mind where he was forty you gotta think. You gotta think. He he was quite up there, and he went, but he did go all the way back to sixteenth for fifteenth at yeah. the time, which was the lowest position. But he did fight his way back through. Obviously, not much with people were dying around him. But but you gotta to get back for a point after spinning and being the wrong way around again, yeah. ha- about halfway into the race. To get a point, they still, still might be some. Yeah. So, if Arthur Grid crashed, I would change it. Here's a name I didn't expect to see in the top 10 Antonio Giovanazzi. Yeah, that is very good from the Alpha because obviously he qualified P18 and he finished ninth, yeah, wasn't he? So, practically, he halved the grid very but may- because Maybe he's picked on the scraps again. He's done a Latifi, but he's just got slightly one better than Latifi and actually scored points. Esteban Ocon. Not not um, a bad return. Not a bad return, but I reckon we could have maybe seen a bit more from him because as we saw in Re- in Force India in 2018 and 2017, it shows that he really he is a really talented mm. driver. Like, remember in Spa in 2018 when there was four wide between Vettel, Hamilton, and I think it was Ocon, and was it one of the racing points? Him and Perez are nasty rivals. A nasty rivalry. And it was was really weird, in a sort, because Ocon had been in the sport for, what, three years from 2016, but then he just didn't have a seat to 2019. Yeah. But we got to see somebody with as talented as him to be back in the sport. It is it is nice to see him. Um, I, I think I think he's the first French driver to drive for a French team or something. I don't know. Pierre Gasly. 
peer counselor is right. he's doing well in Alpha Alpha Tower Car, which we know is towards the mid of the midfield. So so he has done well in so he's because so he's positive. not the top of the really midfield. He performs better at Alpha Tauri and Toro Rosso than he did in Red Bull, which I suppose is promising. Yeah. Um. Now moving on to Sergio Perez. Obviously, he had a he had a five second time penalty for speed in the pit lane, so he would have he would have actually finished fifth, but he got demoted to sixth, I think, because of his time penalty. Yeah, but. Obviously, he did drive a very good race, except for when Albon overtook him just before the safety car came out for a Raikkonen's tyre coming off. Um, he didn't give back that position until the lap before the safety car was mm, done. Because I think Alex Albon was told to go back, wasn't he? Yeah, because oh, he was yeah, ahead. Yeah, he was ahead. Carlos Sainz. Now he, as 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 we touched on uh, the first part of the episode, he's got to prove himself this year, and he had a few little battles with Charles, which yeah shows that it is there uh, because he was fighting Leclerc, who is when of course that was fun. Who is his teammate next year? So that's gonna be an interesting. Now getting on to the top four. You would Lewis. Um, Landon Norris had a phenomenal drive because he did drop back. He was fighting for Stappen for second off the start. Again, having won a good start like he did last year with Hamilton. I think he was third last year. Or it might have been second as well. But it shows that Landon Norris, you can't come from out as one of the rookies. Because you think when you say a feature title contenders, you're like, Chloe, the staff, and Russell, if he goes for Mercedes. But Land, you've got to watch out for Landon Norris because he is one of the most underrated drivers on the grid because he is fast. Like, you can't, you cannot rule him out. No, you can't. Because I, I, I think Sainz and Norris are on the same pace. So if McLaren can get a good car underneath the next season, we can see Sainz, Norris, Ricardo. We could see all the top five, which I mentioned, yeah. fighting. in. Obviously. Really? Um, so, it is looking breath one. I'm coming closer to a bit of a title fight. Obviously, I don't think the result for Lewis that he wanted. No, but there's nothing you could have done. Like, you, when if you get a penalty, you just have to move on and yeah, do the best but, you can. But, like, P4, but P4... That could have easily happened without the penalty. So if I was Lewis, I wouldn't be too demotivated over that because P4 is still a very good result. Mm. He had two Red Bulls and a McLaren ahead of him. Obviously, he's faster than McLaren, but we do know the Red Bulls have very good race pace around Austria. They didn't. No. I couldn't see the the enthusiasm on that car that we've seen in the year in the past years. I couldn't. Um, Red Bull do have a chance though. Say when we go to Hungary in two weeks' time, 
I reckon we could see if Verstappen and Albon win. Because I reckon this season, Albon would definitely get a podium. Because that Red Bull car is the second best car on the grid at the moment. I would disagree, but I'm not going to because the Ferrari is awful. Yeah, but it's, as we as we see Although, today, though, the Ferrari does have decent race pace. that can fight yeah, the McLaren uh, and the racing well, point with the race. So it's a bit like it's a bit like Red Bull and Austria in recent years, where they haven't been able to take a pole, but they've been able to win the races at Austria with Verstappen, and even with Verstappen anti stalling last year. His race pace was absolutely yeah, phenomenal. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Um, obviously, now we're on to podium positions. Lando Norris. Oh, no. For me, he's the definite driver of the day, without Ooh. any question we... at all. Yes, maybe Leclerc, but in the McLaren, he's done a superb job. A superb. That's... And I think... Every, nobody nobody can say that they're not happy with that podium because because everybody it. likes Sandon Um with that podium it does really excite people because we can have we can still have a close race this season. Yeah. Obviously And I think Bottas does have a chance of maybe having a real title fight with Lewis this season if he keeps on making mistakes like he did today. Yeah. Um. Going back to the Lewis penalty, I've just remembered what I was going to say. The FIA have to stick to to a rule book, and if he has yeah. broken any of those certain rules, then he, then yes, he will get a penalty. Um. And and you can't disagree. It's one of the hardest jobs in motorsport being a steward because you're going to come under fire each way you go. The same now, if you don't give Lewis a penalty for that incident, then there's going to be a lot of fans going after you. But then again, if you do give Lewis a penalty, there will be a few fans going after you again because they think it could have been a racing incident. Mm. But at the end of the day, that's. That's racing for you. You can't please everyone. No, but they have to stick to, to the rule book. Charles Leclerc. Charles Still Leclerc. a very good drive for him as well, obviously, because you wouldn't think that Ferrari, after the pace is shown in practice and qualifying, get anywhere near a podium. I think in, in Hungary we're going to see a different Ferrari because I think either Hungary or... Britain, I think. Um, they've got new parts coming. They are having a new car uh Hungary, which could bring Ferrari back into a top three spot. But then I think we could have real, real, very good races of our Britain. Because I reckon if we can get that good of a Grand Prix at Austria, which we had a good race at last year, Imagine Silver, what Silverstone's going to be like. Well, I mean, I mean be... not just Silverstone. I mean, you know, they. I've I've heard I've heard rumours that some old F one tracks are coming back. Baron. Yeah, but imagine, imagine that around Imola. Let's say. Imola. 
great. Obviously, really got a really good cross yeah. and yeah. And now we move on because the championship could come down to the wire. But also, we don't know when the championship will be won because the calendar could just keep on adding on and on and on. Yeah. Um, moving on to the winner of the race and by quite some margin, Valtteri Bottas. Yeah. Well, we can't play anybody other than him to, no, to win the race. No, he that race to perfection. And he did come in to, towards the end of stint. He did come under pressure from Hamilton. And dealt with it beautifully. Yeah. And I think they were saying, Sky Sports, that there was, I think, gearbox issues with the Mercedes. Yeah, it's because cause the curbs are... Honestly, the, the curbs at Austria are deadly. Yeah. A bit like a Bahrain going up the hill where on the F1 game, at least, you can't ride that curb at all. It just spin yeah. out. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's like that in real life. but Bearing in mind, we're, we're fans sure. of the game. We're not drivers. So the drivers probably take a different line through there. Yeah. But, you know. Um, <laughs> that is pretty much the race. One game. Um, that's coming out soon. My game should be arrive, arriving on Tuesday, which I'm really looking forward to. Fair enough. Right then. Um, that's the race. That was a phenomenal race. If you did miss it, go and look at the F1 uh YouTube. There probably will be highlights on there now. Go and watch it because the highlight is going to be amazing. Uh, follow us on our social medias, which is Instagram and Twitter. Um, on both, we will um have links to to the podcast and updates on episodes. Um, anything else you'd like to say, Jack? Um, no, it's just I hope you've enjoyed our first podcast. If there's anything you want us to improve on. Yeah, we're always listening to our messages on social yeah. media, on Instagram and Twitter, which Tyler runs. So, but we will confer with ourselves about your yeah. ideas you'd like um, to see. Thank you for listening. Um, it's a bit weird now because you know, but also, um, thank you for listening. Uh, please leave comments, uh, uh advice, and anything you'd honestly got anything you, that you'd like us to talk about past or present about just f1 in general um yeah so thank you for listening and we will see you in in the next episode hopefully sometime around